So, five o'clock, you said, hey, yeah? Wow, dead on. No worries. I can do that. Uh, no, I'm going to attempt something that has never been attempted by man. To speak, to, to, to speak a, a 40-minute sermon in 15 minutes. Right, let's do this. Uh, no, it's, it's grand. So I want to start off with a quote that you will know uh, this morning. I think I've used it before on one occasion. And it's a quote about Jesus. And this is how it goes. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another obscure village, where he worked in a carpenter's shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never had a family or owned a home. He never set foot inside a big city. He never traveled more than 200 miles from where the place he was born. He never wrote a book, never held an office. He did none of the things that we would usually say accompany greatness. While he was still a young man, the tide of popular opinion turned against him. His friends deserted him. He was turned over to his enemies, and he went through the mockery of a, tri- the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves, and while he was dying, his executioners gambled for his only piece of property, his coat. When he was dead, he was taken down and laid in a borrowed grave, Twenty centuries have come and gone, and today he is the central figure for much of the human race. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, and all the parliaments that have ever sat, and all the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man upon this earth as powerfully as this one solitary life. And we can say a hearty amen to that this morning. And yet, here we are. Here we are. So many centuries later, worshipping this king. The one that I've just described. When Jesus accomplished all that he needed to accomplish on earth, he went to glory again. And the reality was that that, many people thought that was the end, but that was just literally the the end of the beginning. And what we see in Acts chapter 1 is Luke picking up uh, where he left off, as it were, in the gospel of Luke. And Luke picks up again and tells the story. Acts, Acts of the Apostles basically is the story of the early church. And so what I want to do this morning is really, really quickly and concisely which I'm really good at, not, uh, is break that into th- break what Carlin read into three parts for us this morning, so it's easy to remember. Three parts of what Carlin read for us there in Acts 1 about what Jesus says. And the first thing is this. What is none of our business? What is none of our business? Second point will be, what is all of our business? Third part will be, how we go about our business. First part, what's none of our business? Second part, what's all of our business? Third part, how we go about our business. So what's none of our business? Verse, verse 8 of Acts chapter 1 gets a lot of focus from preachers and teachers, and so it should, and we'll look at that in a minute. But let's look here at what happens in this passage. So the, when they had come together, they asked the Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? 
And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. And then he tells them to wait for the Holy Spirit so that they will be witnesses. And Jesus' response here to the question of the, the, the disciples should teach us something. He said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed. He's basically saying, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted by your curiosity or your speculation about things that no one knows. What's God going to do in the future? He says, only God the Father knows that. Jesus says this, only the Father knows that. So don't waste your time. Don't get distracted. Don't use up all your emotional energy worrying or speculating about what's going to happen. Instead, focus on the work that I have given you. Focus on what I've given you. And folks, this is a a fitting word for today, I do believe. Many of God's people are being distracted. Many of God's people, are be, their eyes are being taken off the focus of what Jesus has commanded us to do. And they are speculating and getting involved in speculation and worrying about things that one will have no, no consequence for their lives. Or at the end of the day, God is sovereign over all things and he will accomplish all things anyway. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. We've seen it over the years. Christians get caught up in these things and they get distracted from the actual mission that God has really called them to. And I'll just say this, this distraction is not from the Lord. It's not from the Lord. C.S. Lewis in the Screwtape Letters, he writes about how one of the strategies that demons use against God's people is to what? Distract them. Distract them. Get them to give their time, get them to give their focus, get them to give their attention in the wrong direction. Busy them with stuff that doesn't matter or is inconsequential. Instead of reaching, teaching, and caring for people, the actual mission that he's given us. Don't get distracted. You see, what the disciples are doing here is that they're asking all their own questions. John Calvin, in his commentary on Acts 1, says that there are more errors in the question than there are words. There are more errors in the question than there are words. One of the errors that they made was this. Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? You see, one of the errors, one of the main errors that they made was the selfish nature of the question. Are you going to give us what we want? Are you going to now give us what we want? They were selfishly focused on themselves. It was all about me and mine and how is this going to affect me? How is this going to affect me and our nation? How is this going to affect what goes on in our land? Are you going to do what we have expected you to do all along? You know, we've talked about this as we've walked through the Gospels. The expectation of the disciples was that King Jesus was going to now restore Israel, bring back Israel, do all the things that they wanted, they wanted him to do. 
It was all about me and mine. The fact was that in Acts chapter 1, before the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples, they did not get it. They still didn't get it. Jesus had been with them. Jesus had, had spoke to them. Listen to the words. Listen to the words he tells them in Luke. So we have Acts. We're looking at Acts. Luke just came before that. And so li- listen to the words he says in Luke, in Luke 24. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer on the third, and on the third day rise from the dead. He, he, like Literally. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. Be- beginning from Jerusalem, you are witness to these things. And behold, I am sending my promise to, of the Father upon you. But stay in the city until you're clothed with power. All the nations. He literally says it to them. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. And the disciples come to Jesus and say, At this time, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? For the love of all the things, Jesus must have been so frustrated. We know Jesus is perfect. Jesus is God. But he must have been so frustrated. It's like I've tried my best to tell you. This is not just about Israel. It's not just about us. It's not just about ours. This is going to the nations. Get on board. Get on board. He literally tells them. So what's the application for us today? The application for us today is this. Stop just worrying. We're to stop just worrying about what happens on our own doorstep. We are to stop just worrying about what happens on our own doorstep. The gospel is for the nations. Stop worrying about seasons and stuff that's none of our business. And worry about the call that is our business. So what's all of our business? Right? Gonna put that you know the way you can like do if somebody puts a voice recording on your phone and you put it on times one, I'm going to about times five right now, right? So What's all of our business? As I say, Acts 1.8 is one of the most famous verses in the Bible, and rightly so. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in both Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the remotest parts of the earth. It starts with but. He's saying, opposed to those who get distracted by speculation, you are going to devote yourselves to the mission I'm giving you. And the mission I'm giving you is this. Be my witnesses. Be my witnesses to all of the nations. This is what, this is, so what's none of our business is to get distracted and worried about all the things that we don't know or don't control. The one thing that we should be focused on is being witnesses about who? Jesus. Jesus. The primary task of the people of God is to bear witness about Jesus. Full stop. This witness is outward focused. It begins in Jerusalem and it will move out to the ends of the earth. It's not a concept that's unique to the New Testament. This witnessing idea, God says in Isaiah, I have redeemed you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord. And so the people of God are to be his witnesses. And as I say, 
we would not be sitting here today if people had not witnessed to us about Jesus. There is only one way of salvation, and that is Jesus. And, and none of us are sitting here today, let me just say, none of us are sitting here today and, and thinking we're Christians without accepting Jesus and the fact that someone witnessed to us about Jesus. We are part of God's bigger plan for, for bringing a people from the nations to himself. It's part of fulfilling the covenant he made with Abraham, that he would make Abraham a nation greater than the stars in the sky, greater than the sand on the shore. That's why we can sing the song. Father Abraham, my sons, my sons, I follow Abraham, my word of so you, it's so praise the Lord. Right, that's why we can sing that. Because God is doing something bigger than ourselves. Bigger than Cornerstone Church. Bigger than any church in Northern Ireland, bigger than any church in Ireland, bigger than any nations. On the great day, there will be nations, multitudes, different languages, different tongues, all different ethnicities, all before the throne of God. It's not just about us. It's not just about us. It's much bigger than ourselves. Much bigger. That is what we're to be all about. And so what's none of our business? None of our business what happens in the future. None. Zero. Forget about it. What's all of our business? All of our business is to be witnesses. And that starts here. Starts here in North Island. Starts where you work. Starts in your class. Starts wherever it is. That's where it starts. Then it moves out. Not all of us will go to India. Not all of us will go to Africa. Not all of us will go anywhere. But we're to be witnesses right where we are. Right where we are. To Jesus and what he's done for us. That's the plan. That's what we've been called to do. Now, how are we to go about our business? How are we to go about our business? But you will receive power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Here's, here's the part of the jigsaw that I think we underplay massively. This is the part of the jigsaw we miss. And it is in the power of the Holy Spirit that we witness. We often are afraid to witness. We often are insecure about our witnessing. We are often just petrified at the thought of sharing the gospel with anyone. And we can only do it in the power of the Spirit. How often, I guarantee you, I, I could talk to you if you've if you're a follower of Jesus, I guarantee you, I could tell you, I'd ask you the question, who witnessed to you? And you could tell me who it was. And, you, and if I asked you, what did they say? You probably couldn't be overly clear about exactly what they said. So how did you get saved? Was it the person that was doing the witnessing? Nope. Someone literally could bumble through a sentence about Jesus, repentance, faith. And the Holy Spirit take that and use it to save someone. It is only in the power of the Spirit that we will be effective in our witnessing. And Jesus made it very clear. 
It's not as if it's not as if we don't know this. It's not as if he didn't like spell it out for us. It is the Holy Spirit's power that convicts. It is the Holy Spirit's power that saves. Not our articulate speaking. And so what we need to do is ask for the, Spirit, the power of the Spirit to help us witness. To help us witness. So who's this for? I don't know about you. I, I, I look at, I, I watch that video of Jacob and I want to crawl under a chair. I watch it and I think to myself, what on earth am I doing? Like, the, le- the word legend is used, way overused, let's just say. That there, that's a legend. That is a legend. And I, I, I literally, I, like, I, often, I just, what, what am I doing? What are we doing? I didn't really want to come up and speak, being really honest. Ashamed. Jesus will ask us on, the, on, on that day, what did you do? Played the PlayStation. Went for a ride in a bike. Okay. Let's get 6,000 kids. Hundreds of church planters. I, I can't do that. I know I'm called to do it. So what do we do? We support the guy that does. Yeah? We support the guy that does. But we can do our part. Where we are. With what we are, we're given. In our place. In your school. In your home. In your workplace. You can do your part. I can do mine. I can, do what we're, I can do what I'm called to do. You can do what you're called to do. Only through the power of the Spirit. Only through the power of the Spirit. What's none of your business? What's going to happen? What's all of our business? Witnessing. How do we do it? Power of the Spirit. Literally could have said it in two minutes. Just went a wee bit longer. Right. Let me pray first. Father, we need you, and we need your Holy Spirit. Father, help us to be bold. Uh, Just give us a boldness about this gospel that we say we love. Give us a boldness about declaring Jesus who we say we love. Give us a hunger and a passion for Christ, to make him known, to make him famous, to make him worshipped and adored. Help us, we pray. Help us, but also lift our attention off ourselves and and focus on others, who we can get behind and who we can support. We thank you for Jacob. Thank you for what he's doing. Uh, An amazing work, Father, that you've enabled him to do. Thank you for him. Bless him today, we pray. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah.